Hey everybody. Let's see how we're doing on. There we go. Hi everybody. I'm just going to run through this as one take because I feel pretty good. Episode 22 Introduction The Change of Season. Talking with a friend this week, and we made a music pun on the phone. I'd rather C sharp than B flat. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. We're at episode 22, and this episode will be about meditation. As we're focusing on the center, our mind is clear. We see a tree in the middle of the light. The world is a very beautiful place of wonder and incongruity. This episode would be about meditation, and in particular, a Russian device called Quantum Ocean. It arrived with a small booklet of exercises, and on page seven, this booklet suggests enthusiastically to embrace chaos. I would love some American uh, meditation aid from Sharper Image to say that on page seven. <laughs> but that's the difference between the quantum ocean and something uh, that you buy at Target in the health aisle section to meditate with. Uh, it's a very interesting, chaotic, uh, beautiful meditation tool. And uh, I have a product demo of it this week. Or I'll give you some uh, some audio to describe the other electronic components of it. Chaos and order are also part of our conversation this week. I loved uh, the quantum motion arriving uh, from customs a month ago. Its box was full of Russian decals and postage. <laughs> Just terrific. Bunch of paragraphs written out in Cyrillic or whatever you call uh, Russian language, and me being unable to read any of it. Could have been full of a bunch of insults, but I don't think it was. But how funny would that be? Um, anyway, it is from Soma Labs in Moscow. And the product, which I think I just said, uh, but I'll say it again, is the Quantum Motion. That's our demo product. The Quantum Ocean is an experimental electronic device that uses stereo noise fields uh, along with a small output of voltage. Two metal posts send out a small amount of voltage through your body. When you're uh, participating And it's not a shock or anything, but it's just enough to the point where you're like, am I feeling something? I'm not sure. 
And that's pretty cool too. <laughs> and then there's also these receiving tips on it. So you can put your thumbs on those electronics pieces. And you can also put your index finger or, you know, your face or whatever on the other two knots, which are receivers. And so what this describes is some sort of like radio device that is sending a small current through your body and making you sort of a transmission. And then the receiving side cat captures that, whatever the fuck, you know, that transmission is. Because we uh, radio or whatever you want to call it. And then you hear that in the noise source. So you're hearing sort of a noise articulated version or portrait of that mind state. And then it's also five or six uh, swarming noise sources. Talk about noise in a couple other episodes. And probably heard a lot of different kinds of noise with the Eraserhead uh, Stanley Kubrick episode where we talked about making those room sounds with noise. And the quantum ocean is about five separate wonderful noise sources swarming around. It's very cool. So we'll do a demo let you see something about that. And there's two uh, new pieces from uh, the recovery of Charlie Pickle, which we started last week with story of Clarence, Texas. We learn a little bit more about Clarence, Texas this week with uh, Sunset Drive. And on Sunset Drive, very specifically, is the track that follows it. The house on the end of the street is duplex. That's track four to the uh, Charlie Pickles story. We really like this uh, Soma Quantum Motion, so I wanted to do an episode on it and let you hear what these sorts of things are because it's helped time alone. You know, it's pretty cool to have something like this. You know, it's a perfect time to try these sorts of things out at home. So, it's a meditation episode. Let's also talk about chaos. The quantum motion is deliberately a chaos tool. And so we will talk about what that means. And such a word is, especially in these uncertain times, like a terrible idea. Chaos. Isn't isn't life fucking chaotic enough? But chaos is different than just a chaotic fucking life. It's a happy thing. It's a uh, part of the way the world, the mechanics of the world operate. And it's fun to talk about. Trust me. I remember learning about chaos and order in my teens. I had a girlfriend who talked about it mystically. We were pure goth people. (laughs) And uh, I was pretty, uh, I I was a happy goth kid. Um, We we, uh, referred to ourselves as death rockers, which is hilarious. But but it was just such a silly uh, time in my life. I really loved it. And that's when I first learned about chaos and order. 
because people would be talking about the dark arts. Or they would be uh, and stuff like that. And so I guess uh, being surrounded by it at the time, uh, the coffee shop time, uh, chaos was kind of intimidating to me back then. I thought of it as an evil force compared to good. I thought it would be uh, chaos and good. Chaos troubled me as a negative to be positive or like something dangerous, good and bad. The older I become, uh, the more order has actually identified itself as the one having those negative deep flaws. Order is not any more good than chaos. Trump is running on a old weird saw of law and order. That's an old phrase with um, all sorts of histories. And that's law and order, right? So chaos and order. And he means to bring rule and structure to the elements we can't control. So if someone say that he's actually introducing chaos, <laughs> um, and you can kind of consider these things and think about it and find some sanity in what doesn't make sense right now. Um, so we have a very chaotic presence that's representing itself. His order is uh, interesting. Um, that's what uh, Con Man does, but it's, uh, this is weaponized Con Man. So. But outside of individuals, chaos is a nice way to welcome the unpredictable. To not censor your mind from things. Uh, to not put rules on what you uh, see or whatever you want to call it. See or think. Allowing your thoughts to go somewhere is uh, chaos. It's an act of chaos. And to embrace chaos can simply mean to allow whatever is around you to have a role in having meaning. You know, it's not everything on the path matters. It's everything matters. And you evaluate uh, When you're on order, you're just thinking of the things you need to achieve step to step to step. You know? And uh, it's like a locked step on every turn. But... Chaos is different than that. It's kind of fun. Everything that happens in chaos is a blessing. Everything about chaos uh, is both a blessing as possible meaning. A car cutting you off in traffic can be an alarming offensive challenge to your sense of rule and order, especially if you're going somewhere. But if you consider chaos as random events that can't be controlled, that just occur. The same experience of having that car <laughs> cut you off at the most inconvenient time <laughs> can be seen as funny, surprising, perhaps uh, even something that would cut your bullshit down because you'd be like, well, you know, you saw the humor. In it. The world's sort of just putting that car in front of you while you're. Um, trying to run through. And so in that way, when you sort of embrace chaos, just, yeah, you might be late, but you had this amazing thing happen, a car just got you off. <laughs> it was perfect timing. 
Uh, that can lead to other moments of joy. That car cuts you off. That car can be an agent of chaos. And there's comedy there. That feels really good. And neither are bad. The deeper you go into this world, order and chaos are positives. But I'm an optimist, but that's how I see both of them. So we'll enjoy talking about a chaos device. But first, this uh, news about frogs, toads, and autumn and summer. Frog report. Got a frog report. Frog report. <laughs> it's like I want to hop. <laughs> Just say frog report. Frog report. But in amphibian news, we have some frogs outside. Uh, that's the very local news I can report on. This week, the neighborhood has been blessed with things that I'm sure are amphibians, but unfortunately, I don't know if they're toads or frogs. So I'll switch around those terms. This week has been blessed with chirping toads or frogs. And we've gotten different kinds of frogs. Walked up to one large frog tonight, in fact. Can report on that. He kind of looked like a wound up sock on the ground, actually, when we first approached him under the streetlight. As we got closer, I decided it was not just one sock, but perhaps more than one sock, and that these were a ball of socks. But closer, I said, I think that's a frog. And my wife said no at this point. She still felt the answer was sock theory. But then it happened. I approached it, and the frog hopped away. The frog had then camouflaged himself in the grass. He had green and yellow sort of stripes, which were almost identical to the yellow light and the green blades of grass. He was perfectly just immersed in it. Looking right up at me with one clear frog eye, but it he then shut the frog eye and hopped. And I have to say, I lost complete. <laughs> I didn't notice them. I lost them. Uh, I had no way to keep in track of him visually, even if I uh, chased in. Not that I would. <laughs> I mean, obviously, frogs like holy shit. And, uh, didn't want to scare him. But what a gift that must feel like to just be able to camouflage yourself into something. Can you imagine being uh, like brick wall patterns or something? And so you just say, if you wanted to hide from somebody, you just quickly walk up to a brick wall and you'd be uh, camouflaged the way that a frog is able to camouflage himself inside dirt, grass, water, uh, sticks, all these things have the same details. It's got to be pretty cool to have that skill. Anyway, he, he got away. 
dogs and roads. This week, the neighborhood has been blessed with, I think these are toads, these chirping toads, and we've also been blessed with frogs. And I walked up to a large frog tonight, in fact, tonight, in fact, tonight, in fact, tonight, in fact, tonight, in fact. The way it happened, though, is we didn't immediately know it was a frog. Uh, my wife and I were going for a night walk and approaching a streetlight and something up in front of us kind of looks like a wound up sock on the ground. So I say, is that somebody's socks? I ask, you know, just sort of in conversation as we're walking towards it. But then it got larger and Closer, I said, I think that's a frog. And my wife said no at that point. She still felt the answer was sock theory. But then it hopped. But then it hopped. <laughs> Saw a sock hop. And I uh, approached it. This totally happened tonight. I'm laughing. I hadn't thought about the joke sock hop. But yeah, I saw a sock hop. But then it became a frog, or it became clear that it was a frog. And when we came up to him, he was hiding from us. We, we didn't chase after him, but our walking caught up with him. I looked to the right, and I saw hidden in the grass a frog that was completely camouflaged in that grass. And he was looking right up at me uh, with one clear frog eye. And you could tell that he was just waiting for that opportunity to, to hop and bolt away thinking that I was a predator. And so I remember just sort of noticing him. And the moment that I noticed him, he was just waiting for me to notice him. It's an interesting thing to think about escaping. The minute that I think he probably thought he could stand still and we would pass him, but he looks up at me and the minute that our eyes make contact, shuts his eyes and then hops away into the uh, into the grass and it was just a really satisfying saturated moment you know very weird felt, felt strangely connected to the frog it was kind of fun I had no way to keep track of him even um, even I could even if I chased him because he starts hopping to the left and the right he's gone and what a gift it must be to just jump into a field and disappear. And that the, the way that your body looks uh, is designed to just disappear into it. You create as a human to be able to. We are not decorated in red and green, whatever colors we need to disappear from. Like, but for a frog, he knows that he can disappear pretty well if he's yellow black, brown, and green. And that's sort of the colors of this frog is he just bolted into a bunch of grass, dirt, sticks, and whatever. Cool moment. We also have some chirping toads. I told you we had some chirping toads. I'm pretty sure they're toads. So I'll call them toads. And uh, the cicadas have calmed down. And so the frogs and toads are here. 
The toads make a really peaceful chirp that you might mistake for a bird. It's just a happy, happy sound. And, but, uh, but knowing they are toads makes it wonderfully weird, too. <laughs> like if I had some sort of night bird that was just, like, singing. I think that oh, I have a bird that's singing. That would feel a little weird for it to be at night, but knowing also that, no, that, that's not birds, that's toads. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty fun. They chirp through the night, and there's there's a happiness to how it sounds. Uh, the frogs would love the rain, incidentally. So the toads. They've been chirping nonstop about it. You might be interested in the rain I just mentioned. Let me tell you about the rain. The frogs have loved the rain because in very local news today, we had a thunderstorm and some rain on three separate days of the week. I'm in Austin, Texas, and this is not common, especially this time of year. For decades, I've seen very sturdy hurricanes come up from the Gulf along with the other weather and have it completely fizzle as it approaches Austin. Some very funny stories about that. It just, you know, both the panic that Austin has. But if a hurricane is allowed to creep its way to Austin, Texas seems to burn it off before it will ever arrive here. We still get flash floods. Those are amazing, but this has been one very long rainy summer. I should say that some uh, some large weather fronts eventually do like dump a huge amount of water from us, and we do have uh, sustained floods. Some uh, some if you remember the levitation festival was uh, canceled a couple years ago because of water. So those things do happen. You get some pretty big ones, but for the most part, it just dries up, never shows up. Technically, this is a slow weather disaster that we've been enduring called a drought. Uh, And we're in our 11th year of extreme drought. A drought is nothing compared to other weather disasters. And yet it also feels like we've been coming out of it. The Colorado River runs through town and, and we have some segments of land that only appear when the water is dried up and the river starts to get more shallow. Those pieces of land are called Sometimes Island. And I love that idea. Those, uh, that over there is Sometimes Island. It's not always there. And you can actually look up Sometimes Island and Austin on Google Maps, and it will show you where it exists, either submerged, underwater, or visible. Um, Sometimes Island only appears when the lake dries up, and the water is at a healthy point. So it's just one of those nice uh, hidden mysteries of the city. I like the, uh, the location of Sometimes Island. In terms of something else I feel like I haven't seen this year. We're approaching the end of summer, and I'm not sure I even noticed summer at all this year. Summer is usually the pain you pay for to live in Austin the rest of the year. (laughs) 
and I don't even notice time anymore. And I certainly didn't notice summer during its peak this year. And that is amazing to me because so much of my brain is aware of summer normally in Austin. In a way, I'm starting to not be clear on what month or season it might be. I had a disorienting observation this week with the calendar where I looked up and saw that it was August 31st. We're coming up to be. I said, oh my, yeah, and I literally said to my head, oh, Halloween is, is coming up early this year because I read it as October 31st. <laughs> Just very, very funny moments. So I'm starting to not be clear on what month or season it might be. And if I was obsessed with order and structure, this might be a worry. That my sanity is bending or that COVID is damaging my comprehension. But if I welcomed chaos and surprise, I'd be delighted to say, hey, I didn't even notice summer this year. You know? And then to almost question it, knowing that obviously we're in September, did summer even happen? It's just incredible in Austin to not notice the summer. So I guess this week is also thinking about the passage of time and seasons. We're slowly hinting at autumn here in Texas. That's uh, And as to how I know summer is ending, is I, I'm just noticing autumn. You can tell, especially at dusk, the color of the air and incoming night is especially autumnal. And while Texas doesn't have seasons the way other parts of the world do, it does have light patterns and other shifts in the sky that are clearly based on time of year. And as I just mentioned, we're just now getting through the worst time of the year for Texas. We're getting through summer. This year is unique though. For all the pain and anxiety that has manifested this year, I honestly did not notice summer at all. And that feels like a pleasure. Instead, my mind sort of just feels like a leap back to March. I remember March or pre-pandemic uh, with some clarity. I remember first hearing, this is a monster movie, I remember first hearing Seattle or Washington State the governor said, you know, in 100 days, the rest of the country is going to be where we're at with the outbreak. And I was like, oh, shit, we got to get some oceans. Remember that. I remember uncertainty about groceries. And I remember quickly moving around the city. And I remember sort of... Uh, this, this moment of panic and very occasionally seeing mass people. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, it's just funny, but, you know, I mean, it's, and then, yeah, it was just one or two, I mean, it was just like one or two mass person. What the fuck has happened? This clearly was chaos. And if you follow chaos, it can be like, holy shit, uh, and you want to care about people, but you also want to be just like, delighted at the opportunity to experience this moment in your life it is so unusual and so chaos can be really helpful in a moment like this 
of course, you can't survive on chaos uh, responding to something like this. So then I also remember order, a plan, cooperation with me and my wife, good survival ideas, you know. And then moving inside and working from home. And being thankful for my wife and I being together in this. Oh gosh. I mean, so now you're thinking about order and rhythm. Identifying evenings as when to go out for a walk. Groceries every two weeks. And methods to buy food that's safe. Other looping schedules. At one and at one point during this summer, Shirley started, but I wasn't on that cognitive path to notice. I had no activities that felt like summer. So here we are in September, and I just realized with humor, <laughs> for both chaos and order, that 2020 is the year that summer forgot. And I should tell you how horrible summer in Texas usually is. Summer in Texas is usually horrible. Their usual progress of days and daylight makes make summer intensely painful in Texas. But I've only gone out in the evening this year, and the summer evening is heavenly. So I have nothing but really good evening memories throughout this whole time, but I haven't really identified it as summer. Even though I know it's summer evening air, but I didn't think about it the way you think about it during the day. Oh my. During the day, Texas. That heat is so, so, so painful. Um, but night walks are great. Dry, slightly above chilly always with a light movement in the air and empty. Walking at night has been transformational and positive. But I wonder, either with a nod to chaos or order, if it also means a permanent new life. I'm wondering about getting back to missing summer ever happened. <laughs> but we're getting back to missing summer ever happening. How did this happen? I certainly wrote about summer arriving and did episodes on it. But my memory doesn't connect it to the same time that began in March. And now we have autumn. But I will say with some calm pleasure that I did notice autumn this year. It's happening right now. <laughs> at least and uh, I'm trying to be more in the moment so I thought I'd tell you that autumn is here but it makes you wonder you know man what if I'll forget autumn happens in winter I mean I told you about summer starting I just totally forgot it was summer and then it was autumn so I'll see if that happens with autumn the reason being I think I recognize patterns especially ones that repeat annually. And without those patterns, I pretty much forgot summer was happening this year. 
There are cues based on activity around other humans that normally lets my mind know summer is ceasing and autumn is approaching. The shape of the sunset and orange rings of sky along with silhouettes of other cars during my commute home. Strangely is usually how I can first tell autumn is coming. Or football being discussed on the news. That makes my mind automatically think of chilled, cool air every year when I hear about football. It's weird what subtle triggers change your mind into thinking you're in a new season. The sunset outside the coffee house, or just the temperature of a metal chair when sitting outside. But I haven't had any experiences here to let me know that autumn's here. Those experiences rely on activities and leaving the home. So I think what happened, what was funny, is it was the air that finally told me autumn is here. The air got into the house. It's pretty cool. I think you're in a house, right? A structure, but something penetrates, the air does. <laughs> to our benefit uh, but um, I know it's the autumn the autumn air and it's a smell in the air it's something close uh, to salt and cold smoke in the sky and a small chill sort of what it's, it smells like I first noticed it in Denver growing up and then there's that, that even better smell snow approaching I miss that sensory power of knowing snow would be soon based solely on the temperature and smell of the air outside but mostly this yeah the temperature and the smell combined the air outside it's distinctively colder it has a distinctive smell you know snow is coming up and the way the light would change the color of the pine trees yeah, it was cool. Those needly evergreen pine trees. Thought it would make them bluer. The, the light would make them seem more blue. Yeah, and then the, the the very white light in the air. For whatever reason, right before it snows, it gets very white in terms of light and that's kind of a blue light and it changes the color of the pine trees. It's Denver right before the snow. The summer air in Texas doesn't change the inside of your home like the winter air will. And so that's kind of cool, you know, I mean, uh, summer might oppress you, it might feel hotter, but it doesn't sort of enter into your headspace the way the winter air will. Instead, it just sort of waits outside <laughs> like a demon holding a broomstick, you know. It just wants to smack you with the broom uh, when you walk outside. So it always feels like you're getting hit with a broom when you walk outside with the Texas heat. <laughs> But this, uh, this summer, I haven't been outside to notice it. 
And that's interesting because we've had apparently three months of brutal triple digit heat this year. But I didn't, uh, I didn't notice at all. This isn't to say that I haven't been clearly aware of the summer while camped out indoors for months. Texas is largely a Martian planet that has been occupied by air-conditioned units. Each house is a small space station with its own oxygen cooling unit outside. But even when you're in your oxygen-cooled space station, you are still aware of the radiation and the heat surrounding your living space. It's a constant fight to combat the heat blasting onto your home or apartment. So I've sensed that, you know, I'm inside, it's hot outside feeling. Uh, but it's not enough of a pain in the ass for me to remember that in summer, the way that being in Austin normally is. Walking outside, getting hit with the broomstick. Yeah, just think about the the, uh, the dried fibers of a burn. Somebody just waving it in front of your face while you're walking through. That's what the heat feels like mentally. <laughs> it's so fucking up. Um, such an irritant. Uh, you can enjoy it, but man, once the it will, once it cracks, it feels so good. And that happened this week. Um, I just. Uh, I've started to sense the absence of it. The air is looser in the house. I have more of a bounce when I walk around. And the AC unit is still running, but it's not on a constant cycle. Like it was. A true concern about less fortunate people in Texas is the battle to provide cooled air to them. You can die very easily from a single day over 90 degrees here in Austin, and we average about 110 days a year that top that temperature and above. So some cities have coat drives for the cold. We have fan drives for the heat. Wow. Yeah, so we just realized that we have not been recording the uh, microphone. We've just been using our other mic. So that's wild. It was screw up. You might want to reread, but I don't know. We'll go with what we have. Always tap the mic. But this year, I pretty much stayed inside for the entire three months. Not at all on purpose, but I would hear my neighbors, whom I love and want to avoid them. Always tap the mic. I have my brand new thing I gotta do, always tap the mic. Yeah. That's crazy that I did. I mean, I got a lo-fi recording. It's good, but we'll make this better. But this year, I pretty much stayed inside. 
for the entire three months. They started to develop weird antisocial habits where I don't feel I need to explain myself, but at the same time, it's strange to take it on. People, of course, understand it's not that it's not personal, but that's kind of odd. You know, I would hear my neighbors whom I love and want to avoid them. Yeah, and so it's very strange. And I see everybody, you know, have friends over and hug and laugh and close space for hours. And I know it's not worth exposing myself as more cautious. <laughs> so I'm just like really kind of tight lipped when we talk and I should just shut the blinds to what was normally a really, really great um, bunch of people that I loved hanging out around. But it's just different now, right now. So it's a what used to be like a clear visual invitation to walk out and laugh and make jokes really quick and just uh, really be friends is now something I try to avoid. And so I've been I've avoided the entire world for five months, and that includes the daytime weather, right? So it was uh, peculiar to see autumn feelings curl into my mind this week. All the nostalgia I have for this time of year arrived almost suddenly during dinner this week. It was magic. It was just one simple look at our backyard and I saw four uh, leaves on the grass, four like dead brown leaves, or just not even, yeah, so just four dried leaves. It doesn't even mean that they almost look like props, you know. It was just a small tag of dried brown leaves on green grass below our porch light. And all of a sudden, my brain gave me the most comfortable feeling. And it washed over me like a grin. It washed over me like a grin. Usually this moment demarcates a sense of achievement, this feeling in my brain that I'd survived the pain of the summer and could enjoy this slow glide into our best seasons in, in, inside Austin, fall and winter. Fall, winter, and spring. <laughs> yeah, wait. Usually this demarcates a sense of achievement that I'd survived the pain of the summer and could enjoy the slow glide into our best seasons, fall, winter, and spring. <laughs> so everything other than summer, but it felt very, very odd. Like I hadn't earned that feeling somehow, that new uh, winter, is, winter is here feeling. I suppose that's autumn in 2020 for me. We're here now and I haven't even noticed summer. My favorite mistake and observation this week when I was looking up at a calendar and I saw August 31st and I literally thought to myself, oh, it's Halloween already. 
<laughs> I mistook August 31st for October 31st. Not sure if I'll think it's Christmas in November. I worry about the friends and neighbors I used to leap into seeing and hugging are now seeing as worries to me. I see them hugging and caring about one another, and I shake my head, what the fuck are they thinking? What the fuck are they thinking? This is not a normal perception to have. This has nothing to do with my friends. And hopefully the world will get a vaccine and we can stop this kind of boundary mindset from continuing. I want to hug people again. I also consider people to be a little painful uh, socializing. People are painful for me. I love my wife and I love the friends that I have on the phone or through text. And I don't need a social living beyond this. But thinking suddenly that it's Halloween in August is a complicated observation in itself. This week we have two more pieces from the recovery of Charlie Pickle, which will be sides A and B. And before that, as I mentioned, I got a wonderful item in the mail last month from Russia. It's from Soma Labs, who make the Pulsar 23 drum machine and the Lyra 8. And I've talked about the Soma Ether here on the show. I think I've talked about all these things. And they have an amazing meditation device called the Quantum Ocean. It's pretty wonderful. So let's do a demo on that and talk to you about stereo noise fields. Oh, one thing. So with our discussion on chaos, we now can think of different ways to identify chaos in the world. And I was delighted to see chaos appear in this news story this weekend. This is probably widely distributed news, but this is also local news. Details tonight on a boat parade in support of President Trump that ended in chaos with several boats going underwater Saturday. The flotilla of Trump supporters gathered on Lake Travis Saturday at noon. The Travis County Sheriff's Office says 15 minutes later, they started getting distress calls from boaters. Officials say while the weather was calm, the choppy waters generated by the big amount of boats caused five boats to sink. And so I don't know if you heard the word there, but uh, once you start looking for chaos, it's fun to identify it. Let's hear that uh, cameo role of chaos in the Trump boat sinkings. A boat parade in support of President Trump that ended in chaos. A boat parade in support of President Trump that ended in chaos. A boat parade in support of President Trump that ended in chaos. Trump that ended in chaos. 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 Once you start looking for chaos, it's fun to identify it. Thank you, Chaos, for sinking those boats. <laughs> and I think giving the entire world a needed laugh during this tough Trump season. Finally, I was discussing chaos at dinner tonight, and my wife made an interesting comment. She said, oh, you mean entropy. And I actually don't use entropy in my language very often. And she said, well, it, there's a theory of entropy that every organic creature or thing is a subject to entropy and that chaos and other things devolve out of order naturally 
And so the idea of entropy as a natural system or chaos as a natural system makes better sense than a need to construct order around the world. Just some stuff to think about while we're meditating. And let's jump into it now with the quantum motion.